G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and today I'm not joined by anyone in the studio. Uh, I am flying solo for the first little bit at least because what I've done this week is recorded three uh, separate interviews with three different coaches from three different keeper leagues. So first up on the show, I've got Jake from Hatchat talking about his two keeper leagues. Um, I've got Checkers uh, in the middle to talk about his leagues. And after that, I've got Zanks from my home league to uh, dissect uh, our draft. And I walk through all the draft picks that I took uh, at our keeper league draft that happened uh, last Friday. So should be a pretty interesting episode. Um, Lots of different insights from different coaches. But before we begin, just wanted to mention that this show is proudly brought to you by Game Day Squad. Create, coach, and compete in fantasy footy. Uh, for those who don't know what Game Day Squad is, it's a new way to play AFL fantasy. Uh, you get virtual cards for each player. Um, you get free packs each week. You open them up, you receive new players, and you pop them onto your field, and you can score with those cards. Different cards have different levels of scoring ability and power. Um, so yeah, there's some definitely some strategy involved. And uh, yeah, you can collect a few different players to create your ultimate squad. Uh, if you're keen to join in, uh, it's free, it's fun, it's easy. Uh, head to gamedaysquad.com.au, uh, sign up and build your team today. Uh, last Wednesday night, I opened 100 packs on Game Day Squad. Uh, didn't do heaps well with it. I got a few good bronzes. I got a bronze Andrew Brayshaw, which I was pretty happy with. I think I got a bronze Rory Laird as well. So happy with that one. Ended up with a diamond uh, Jack Scrimshaw. So I don't know how I'm going to fit that into my team, but uh, we'll see how we go. Considering I only play in the capped league, I don't play in the open league. I also got a uh, platinum Bailey Smith as well. So pretty happy with that one. So yeah, got a few good players there. Make sure you signed up and ready to compete by the time round one starts. Just one other thing I need to mention before we get into things. Uh, We also have a membership program on our website and as the uh, preseason is uh, drawing to a close, just wanted to say a huge thank you to every member that has signed up uh, this preseason. Effectively doing the show solo this year, wasn't sure if it was actually viable, had to take some time off work to actually keep it going. So the member support uh, yeah, is the only way that it's actually been able to kind of keep going. So basically members, you are 100% the lifeblood of this show. Uh, If it weren't for the the many members that have signed up, this show probably would have been done and dusted uh, at the start of this year. So um, yeah, thank you so much completely from the bottom of my heart. I mean that. Um, Yeah, cannot thank you enough for signing up. Uh, If you do sign up as a member though, you get a heap of our premium resources. Um, The ADP data is the the most recent thing that's come up, which should help you to your drafts, with your drafts if you're still going this week. Um, But into the season, we're going to have CBA uh, trends, kick in trends, um, state league fantasy scores. uh, Yeah, so, so many things that you can actually used in the, uh, both classics and keeper leagues and draft leagues to uh, improve your game. Each week, I thank a heap of gold members. So thank you to the following. Thanks to uh, Joe Sullivan, Michael Barad, Jamie Mott, Aiden Wedge, Scott Pittaway, uh, the Proust Moose, uh, Michael Bornholm, Tom Christchuk, uh, Nick Munro, and Jared Paulser. Thank you to those uh, members out there. Anyways, as mentioned, we are talking about our drafts this week, so we're going to get stuck into it. First up, we have Jake from Hatchat. 
All right, first up on the show this week, I am joined by Jake from Hat Chat. How are you going, mate? Mate, very well. Thanks for having us down here at Studio Hair. Do you like the studio? Mate, it's, right? it's brilliant. Like I said, for us, who's normally on a computer screen, it's a bit, it's a bit unique, a bit daunting, but no, I love, love the space. Now, we really should have uh, talked uh, dress, uh, what we're going to wear tonight, because we're both wearing our Manscaped uh, shirt, so that's a bit that's a bit embarrassing. No, look, I, I, was, I had a sneaking <laughs> suspicion you might wear. I thought it would look good for the video. Of course, uh, appreciate the, the guys, they sponsor us both, so yeah. uh, good lads out there. Uh, Manscaped are uh, going to be very happy with that one. Make sure I have to clip it up and send it to their socials. I'm sure they'll put it on their worldwide socials and put it everywhere. So. Let's hope so. <laughs> Anyways, we've got you here to talk about your uh, Keeper League draft. Now, you're in a couple, so we might do a bit of crossover between the two of them. Um, but well, what's your what's your main league? The Hat Chat League would probably be the main one, wouldn't it? Hat Chat League, it's yeah. our third league, a third year, I should say, yeah. of the league this year. So uh, we're getting to the nitty gritty. I won year one. Of course, I want to start off with the uh, with the uh, the positives about my Keeper experience. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's only gone downhill since then, but yeah. uh, really getting into the nitty-gritty these last couple of years. Yeah. So, so what's your history? Like, you won the flag in that first year, is that right? Flag first year, yeah. um, really strong draft, uh, and then I got a bit too excited in the off-season and kind of make a mess of my team each and every year. So we're, yeah. we're dwindling and dwindling. All right, so coming into this season, in that league, what's your strengths? What's your, who are your best players? And what are probably your weaknesses as well? What you Where you're lacking and that sort of stuff? I think what I've done to myself is I've really uh, struggled with the top-end talent. So yeah. I started with a lot of it, but then I shuffled to kind of make sure my bottom-end keepers were really strong. So yeah. my depth is certainly there, but I've now got Clary as captain, which, you know, no completely issues there. there. Completely, completely fine. Uh, but after that, it drops away a fair bit. Uh, I've got Ron Marshall. I've brought him in this offseason. But, uh, yeah, after that, we're pretty well looking at 90s averages across yeah, the okay. board. And, yeah. and, you know, Clary goes down, captain options are in the sink. Yeah, that's a big thing with the captain options. Uh, if you don't have a good one, it can be very tough. I've been seeing actually a lot, we're kind of, kind of going off topic here, but I've seen, I'm doing a lot of like uh, redrafts and or just um, and seen a few starter keeper drafts as well this year. I feel like people are going too hard at forwards and things like that and not getting enough point scorers in. Like doing a few, like a lot of redrafts, everyone's going nuts on the forwards because, oh, forward run let's get a forward on the board whereas I've just been going like mid 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 in the first three I think in one of the uh, redrafts I did everyone's picking mid my first three picks was um, Jack Steele Callum Mills and Brad Crouch like my first three picks and it's like there's three guys who could realistically go 110 where people are picking guys like, guys like Zach Butters around the same range and might get a 90 if they're lucky type oh, thing oh mate look I think about <laughs> Brad Crouch is a big name that he slides in every single yeah, draft yeah. I'm part of uh, and, and I mean a big shout out to, to the Statesman but uh, we had a keeper league first season this year and Errol Golden at pick eight. Yes, yeah, uh, first the ballsy, but <laughs> first round captain option. Yeah. As much as I love it for your long term game, yeah. it just seems crazy to me. We'll have to wait and see because uh, if we go by, you know, you're only as good as your last game, I guess. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> all right, I get sidetracked here. So we talked about your team. Um, all right, so in your drafts, we'll talk about the hat chat one. Um, what did you need to target in this draft, and did you get it? Did it go to plan? All that sort of stuff. So the interesting part for me is, as I said, I kind of get a bit too excited in the off season, and I was really struggling for forwards. Yeah. Um, I managed to make some some pretty sweet deals, um, bring in Archie Perkins and. Stevenson both yep. for both for some late draft picks, yep. which is stoked. You're gonna get um, Stevenson gonna get a game, you reckon? Well, I'm not sure, but <laughs> it was basically same trade. I should yep. clarify. Okay, so so stake knives essentially. Basically stake knives yeah, to yeah. bring him in. So uh, for me, it was it was it was probably depth for those positions. The forwards. I think I've got some guys that are potential breakouts, but yeah. also Stevenson, the perfect option of is he a fringe player? Yeah. Uh, so I was really looking for for depth. I look at a lot of um, DPPs for my kind of first three, four picks because realistically I think um, we have no free agency in yeah, our yeah, um, yeah. mid-season, mid-season draft yeah. and that's it. So uh, zeros are big yeah, yeah. Can't, can't, can't be having them yeah we're definitely the same did you find in your league as well like this is what and I'm gonna later in the show I'll probably reveal my team and um, yeah show, show people who I picked but 
Did you find that after oh, a certain time of time, you couldn't find a midfielder that would actually get a game? Like, I felt like mids, forwards obviously fall away. But then I reckon this is the first year where I've really struggled to find mids. Like, I ended up taking, um, uh, who was it? Uh, Connor Nash from Hawthorne. Like, reasonably way earlier than I wanted to because he was literally the last midfielder on the board who looked like he would play each week and cover a donut for yeah. me. It was nuts. 100%. It's been the weirdest year because usually you go, I'll leave a couple of mids to last. Yeah, I'm exactly. going to find a 70s guy and I realise with four or five rounds to go that you're probably scraping the bottom of the barrel even at that stage. So, yeah. for me, I think I end up with a couple of mid forwards with, with yeah, a spot that yeah. I really would have preferred as a midfield yeah. only. Yeah, and I'm sure with because a lot of us are used to probably playing ultimate footy, um, things like that, and like DPPs are probably a bit thrown around a bit more liberally in AFL fantasy so I'm sure we'll be okay but that was one real worrying thing I noticed about my team I think in the first round I took um, uh, Will Setterfield in the first round um, so that was at pick like se- round 17 effectively probably even further actually when you factor in our rookies probably like round 20 type thing so Will Setterfield was like my first pick and then I kind of went I needed some forwards and backs and picked those up and yeah just later on it was just absolutely nothing left for midfielders so if you haven't done your draft yet definitely that's something to uh, think about but anyway so um, how many teams do you how many players do you keep in your league and how many teams is it sorry? so we're uh, a 10 team 10 team uh, 15 keepers yep. um, 4 rookie listed yep. and what are your um, rookie listed just under a certain number of games or uh, I think we've been running with 2 years in the system okay yeah 2 yep. years in the system so yep. uh, and under 20 games something yep. along those lines so um, well, you've got about 19 keepers in each team correct then. Yep, um, so and I guess for us it's for up to four rookie listed. Yeah. So, in the sense that I think most of our guys probably kept one or two, yeah. maybe a couple of speculative picks, and then they keep yeah. them spots open for, for the redraft this so, year. So, I'm guessing um, Will Ashcroft went number one in your draft then? He did. Yeah. So, who, no got, who got in? Uh, funnily enough, Sanch won last year. And went, got number one pick. Went hard in the off-season, <laughs> traded away Zach Butters okay. um, for the number, number one, one pick, pick, amongst other things. So, yeah, he's- I'd probably do that, to be honest. That's pretty good. I saw, I've seen Sanch's team. He sent it to me a couple of times for a bit of uh, I'm sure he did. advice. I'm sure he did. Advice is right. Were just to show off, really. Flex, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Really, uh, and uh, yeah, it's pretty handy. So he went, obviously, went pick one. Who were the round one draft picks? Can you remember off the top of your head? Um, actually, I was having a quick look before. So I think Libba actually came in at pick two. That's a good pick, yeah. Um, Nankervis, pick three. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of other guys that I probably wouldn't have uh, expected. I think um, Cheetahs even went in the first couple of picks, which surprised me personally. Cheetahs or Sardis? Sardis, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Jesus. <laughs> I was going to say, but I drafted now, Lee. Oh, it was one of those weird ones that you yeah. just go, how did that happen? Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a couple of guys that you definitely were surprised. Yeah, um, I don't think I don't think Sardis is that bad, given his underage potential and fantasy-wise. And, like, a, a lot of hype out there. I think, as well, if you're looking at our draft stuff, like, because we haven't done a lot on the first-year draftees for probably a month or two now, it's just, like, he was really high up in ours until he got injured type thing as well. So, a lot of people probably still living off that hype. So, I don't think that's a bad one there. Probably McKenzie is the one that stands out after the um, after the preseason games. But, yeah. Any other interesting names, Ramon? Yeah, I think, well, just to clarify, we did our draft about three weeks ago. Oh, so, we, okay, missed, we yep. missed some of the, yep. the value. No, that info, makes sense. But that's okay. That's fine. Um, yeah. uh, Lipinski, uh, I'm not sure why he got dropped, to be honest. It was a pre-injury. Yeah, Forward too. Pre-injury, yeah. uh, Ed Richards, Toby McLean, uh, and Himmelberg rounded out kind of the first round. Himmelberg so. was such an interesting one. I think he went second round, but like for me, I think I even ignored him. Like yeah. in my list, I just wasn't going. Oh no, I didn't ignore him. I had him down way late though. I was like, I was happy to take him like a lot later on, like in the kind of twenty plus range, twenty two round, twenty two round, twenty three type things. But um, just because the four status and there's that chance he goes back and scores okay, but I didn't need defenders. I already had a team full of them as well, so it's just like yeah. 
the reason I think he, he I didn't pick him, but he was higher up on my board, especially no free agency. Just yeah. defender forward, just so invaluable. Yeah, that's fair. I'd rather just have a guy there knowing that I've got super flexibility, even if he's not going to be putting up the scores we saw last year. Especially like a league like ours where we've lost utilities from ultimate footy yeah. as well. So like, yeah, we need to have players that can go elsewhere. And that was another daunting thing or another thing we found about our league as well, because we pl- always played utilities. It was pretty valuable to have a second ruck. Because you can play them in utilities and then you've got backups and covered. But because we only had one ruck, we found so many rucks drop back to the pool. So, I've got Scott Lyce as my number one ruck and I'm super worried about him. Like, I think he's going to be the number one ruck, but he's just 30 plus. Loves to get rubbed out for six weeks, most years. Um, spent the whole season out last year injured. It's like, I picked, so I, I went reasonably early. I picked up Bruce, I reckon, in the second round. And then- uh, <laughs> You're trying to, I thought you were worried about your situation. You brought me bruising. Then I picked up Laddams, I reckon, two or three rounds later. So, hopefully out of those three, I get one for the future. You know, like, hopefully I get Laddams. That's the plan was Laddams, I get Laddams for the future. But hopefully I can get Bruce, who, when he plays, gets in, you know, around the 80 mark this year. And I don't really have to worry about Lasset as much yeah. anymore. So, I've got three good rucks that I could play. And I found last year with all the rucks getting injured and stuff like that, it was, I don't know, a bit scarred from what happened. I went the ultimate cuff. Uh, I pulled in Jack Hayes as a rookie for, again, steak knives in a deal uh, with Romar. So, I thought a late pick on Tom Campbell and yeah. we're laughing. So, yeah. the Saints, as long as they play a ruckman this year, I'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine, yeah. Now, was interesting. So, so did we say who you picked round one? Uh, my pick round one. Oh gosh, now I'm now I'm second guessing myself. I <laughs> yeah, should yeah. know that off the top of my head because yeah. I had a bit of a late pick. Um, yeah. Let me double check. No, uh, I think uh, to be honest, I think it was a pretty average pick at the end of the day. I reckon I took Ben Long. Yeah, which right, was really okay. interesting. Again, defender yeah. forward status for me yeah, is super DPP. crucial. So yeah. um, I definitely prioritise that over a lot of maybe point scorers. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is a bit of strategy when it comes to, yeah, especially like with the AFL fantasy system, if you're not used to playing, you know, 5, 7, one, 5 as well, you've got to factor that in. But uh, anyway, so in your draft, what do you reckon the best value picks were? So did anyone, anything stand up that, you know, someone got someone pretty late that, you know, someone dropped or what was that? What was it go there? Yeah, I had a quick look on the list and it's one of those hard ones now because I'm reflecting yeah, on three, picks yeah. that were made pre-practice games yeah. versus afterwards. But I look at some guys that went probably maybe say three rounds in and you're looking at the like a, I think a set of field was two rounds in, which yeah. for a redraft was probably too late in my opinion. I think that's a great steal. Yeah, tw- so, that's like round 21 for you guys. So, yeah, effectively. Yeah. Well, in ours he went 17. Effect- oh, maybe about round 20 if you factor in the rookies. So, yeah. Yep. But, yeah. Um, Charlie Constable, another two rounds after that. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of guys. I mean, of course, it's DC picking some of these, but like a Cozzy Pickett and, and the like. Yeah. I think yeah. going, uh, I reckon, round 22, which when you factor rookies is probably round 26. Yeah. Just seems like an awful steal at this stage. Getting Cozzy Pickett is going to probably play in the midfield a bit more this year by yeah. the looks of things. I don't know how well he'll go in the midfield because mm. you look at preseason last year and he was doing the same type of thing. It's just that it's quite evident that Melbourne want to rotate their midfield a lot more and he looks like one of the guys who's going to go in there. So that's a, yeah, that's a pretty good um, yeah. pick. What about in terms of like uh, steals? So do you want to point anyone out? Uh, <laughs> Uh, as in, as oh, sorry, in, sorry, I'm sorry. Um, uh, sorry. What do you call it? Flyers. People that went early. Sorry. That went really early. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I almost want to call myself out on a couple of these, but uh, <laughs> I really had a quick look and uh, sorry, I should have mentioned before as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Liam Baker. Was Reach, probably, reaches is the term we're looking for. Sorry. Any reaches yeah, in there? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think Tristan Sherry personally, I mean, uh, I still think that this year is a really interesting one. He he went just outside the first round yeah. with redraft, which if you everyone at the, came in with Ruckman. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So, yeah, so he's obviously a bench player for them. Yeah. And if you look at the uh, the practice match, 
yeah, that wasn't pretty. The uh, the ruck share there, like, like it looked like Cherry was probably the number one, but it looks like he's still going to be sharing with Goldstein. So. Absolutely, I yeah. did. I did have Sardis as the number one. I think going three, I think pick three, pick four just seemed yeah. crazy to me when you looked at Lipinski and a couple of the other guys that were still on the board at that yeah, stage. Yeah, for sure. Um, but honestly, I think the boys did pretty well this year. That's if, good. I, if I'm honest, uh, I looked through the list and I wanted to call someone out, and there wasn't anything that was uh, too rough. I think Matt Crouch might have been kept by someone though, which is a oh. bit rough after the news of him. Breaking his leg. He'll miss, will he, I saw that. I didn't see the red dinosaur. Will he miss the season with a broken leg? I think he's pretty close to it. Yeah, um, I don't right. know that it's come out officially, but yeah. Yeah, he's, I think Tom Mitchell uh, a couple of years back. Yeah, exactly. Is what we're talking That's what I was so, thinking. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that damn, that sucks. That's well, in the Hatchet League, well, who do you, who's your tip for the flag? Is Sanch the, Sanch the guy? Yeah, I don't want to give him a bigger <laughs> head than he needs to. It's yeah. normally DC with the big head, but uh, yeah. yeah, he's definitely going to be looking at it. <laughs> with the depth of his side, I think he was batting at Cam Guthrie with M6 anyway, yeah, and then depth. he's brought in Ashcroft as yeah, M7. Okay. Yeah. Um, a couple of big dogs in his back line too yeah. and, and Cogs uh, yeah, he's fine he's, yeah. he's pretty set this I year I do love the balls of trading Zach. Well, it's not even balls Zach Butters for Will Ashcroft is, yeah it's a good trade yeah. Yeah. especially when you consider they're both going to be mid only next year and, exactly yeah who's a better long term prospect for the future yeah I love I like it a lot alright what about the uh, you're in another keeper league is that right yeah so we've got well technically three we've got a hat chat team that's yeah. in a second year keeper which yeah. is really good um, Trelaw went pick one someone dropped Trelaw which okay. I thought was interesting 18 keepers in that league yeah. um, and 12 teams so yep. pretty deep uh, to be dropping Trelaw for mine, but yep. that's okay. So um, Ashcroft went pick two. Yeah, right. Um, okay. Which, again, yeah. interesting play, but Fair. I can see the, the method in the madness. Depends where your team's sitting. Like this year in my draft, so my team's pr- sitting okay. Like I think it was <laughs> voted by someone in my league. I don't know how much weight you hold into that, but it's this, I had the second best lot of keepers. And the guy who had the, uh, the, the he reckoned had the best lot have like a, a very old list. So they're like a couple injuries away from, you know, could be being in trouble. You know what I mean? Yep. So like, my strategy, was definitely just pick the I did not give a shit about the future at all until I got to the rookie draft really um, was just pick who I thought was going to be the best scorer at that pick for the entire season once I'd covered a few holes like my ruck hole and things like that so it's not a bad strategy like picking uh, an established player over youth because the, the thing is though I think that I think the Trelaw and Ashcroft are probably going to be close in average this year so I'm not sure they're playing it but yeah, yeah, I'm intrigued. With the, the, I think Trelaw looking like a sneaky DPP again. Yeah, true. So yeah. on that method, I, I'm kind of okay with it. But again- Yeah, you're right. Ashcroft won't be getting- Oh, you never know. He might rest somewhere. It's going to be a lot easier <laughs> to get DPP this year. But I think yeah. Trelaw, you're right, is most likely to yeah. get DPP. Absolutely. And, and you know, talking strategy, uh, my first year this year, um, my third third keeper, but first season, so first draft, I found, as we mentioned, Stato and, and Golden at pick eight. I just found that youth was absolutely just- so front of mind for people. Yeah. And I, that's just not the way I play. No, no, you look at no. the sweet spot of 25 to 27, these keepers, you've got yeah. five good years of footy exactly. in front of you. You don't need to be picking these 18, no, 19 year olds. That's what I say to a lot of people. And, you know, I've had a few people message me throughout the week, ask me for strategy and stuff like that. And it depends on your depth. Like, so if you're keeping, say, like, if I got, I'm in a league that's a dynasty league where we only drop three players, like, hell yeah, focus on youth, like, because you've got so much time to keep them. If you're only keeping 12 or so, or 10, like some people do out there, it's like, that's only the top 100 players kept. It's like, there's going to be good, like, talent in the pool each year. So it's like, what's the point of just trying to stash something now for five years' time that might come good? Just pick your best players, and play. it all depends on the depth of the league. But That's it. yeah, I always I must admit, I, even I struggle, and I was going to come and ask you what your thoughts were. So Ashcroft went at pick thirty-seven in that draft. Yeah, um, the, the man Selby picked him, so I'm yeah. never gonna, I'm never going to doubt what Selby's done yeah. there. But do you think that in a first year, that's about where he should be going? It's close. Like, so yeah. I've done a fair bit of ADP collecting ADP data from startup keeper league drafts and stuff like that. I think. 
prior to today, I didn't check after today because I added a few more drafts to it, but prior to today, it was around the 50, pick 50 range. So it's not too far off, you know, 13 picks early. But again, like if you're prioritizing youth, because um, that's some, that's that's every strategy, like, you know, a mixture of leagues, a lot of different strategies in there. I think if you're prioritizing youth, it's about right. Yeah. 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 So my, my view on something like that, if I was, if I was hell bent on getting Ashcroft, I would nail, try to nail a gun at each position. So, you know, midfield, defender, ruck, forward, that type of thing. Now they're going to then grab him. So like around fifth round type thing. Yeah, maybe a little bit early, but I don't mind it too much. And I look and Selby's instance, he was on the turn. So yeah. basically he's gone. If I don't get him now, he's yeah. probably not going to be back to me at yeah. late 50s, which is, exactly. which is a fair point. And you could probably sleep on a ruck, to be honest, as yeah. well. So like you're probably going to get one pretty late this year because like I said, you're, everyone's playing one only. So yep. yeah, you're right. You probably could take him fourth round. You don't need to prioritize that ruck at all. So yep. yeah, no, it's probably not the worst. It's not the worst pick, that's for sure. Yeah. Yep. I wouldn't do it. But. Yeah. <laughs> hey, like I said, I, I struggle with that one. I think he's the kind of guy that I let yeah. go because I know there's a couple of people in the league that are happy to pick early on youth. Yeah. Uh, for instance, I, pick, I got Laird at pick five, which I, I just thought was definitely overs. I don't see how he goes outside of pick top three for mine. Yeah. Um, so I was pretty stoked with that. And I had some people say, ah, oh, he's too old. I was like, uh, to me, it doesn't make sense. He's got yeah. two, three at an absolute minimum of top level footy in front of him, I would have thought. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, anyway, in that league with uh, those boys, um, how's your team looking in that one? You pretty happy with that one? I'm pretty stoked with that one, yeah. to be perfectly what's honest. Your, what's your, what's your, uh, who are your stars? And- um, oh, look, they're all stars. What can, what can I say? <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling really good right now. Yeah. Um, we're just in the final, I think, four four rounds of really deep bench at that the moment. Where, for the listeners out there, like, mm. where the, the final rounds are where your draft is won a loss, in my opinion. Like, in the first bit, you, you should all be drafting pretty similar talents. It's about how deep you can, how good the steals you can get late are, I think. That's it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I'll have a quick look and I've, I've nabbed Dawson and Sinclair at, at picks 20 and 29, which I was pretty stoked with. Yeah. Um, midfield was looking Laird, Simpkin, Hewitt, um, as top three, which yep. again I think I think cured at pick seventy odd, which was which was pretty late for mine. Yeah, um, Riley O'Brien, a, a young enough ruck, which yeah, I'm pretty absolutely. good with. Um, and I punted forwards a, a little bit, but I went with guys who I think will keep their forward status. So yep. I've got Kyle Langford, um, Paddy Lipinski, you know, minus injury, but even at Ainsworth and Rayner in the yep. last rounds, like yep. pick two hundred for Rayner. Uh, yep. I think there's definitely speculation of what yep. he looks Especially like. Especially Ainsworth as well. You're going to get a guy who can get you seventy most week, and that's all you really need in your yep. forward line this year. Because you, if you expect anything more than that, I reckon. You're crazy anyway. Yeah. Rayner, I'm not as sold on. Yeah. Um, he's actually one I put back into the pool. He was my last, probably my seventh, if we have keep 16. Yeah. He was probably my 17th keeper. I was tossing up between him and Dersmar for the final spot. Yeah. Dersmar puts out a 97 in a preseason game, and that's enough to sway you, really, wow. after a reign of 38. After there seemed to be like four guys trying to play the same position. So. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think for me, yeah. in this instance, I think we're going 13 keepers. He was, he was round 16, and I yeah. went, you know what? At that stage, I'm pretty happy punting forwards somewhat. Uh, yeah. And uh, again, age-wise and potential, yeah. I'm happy to I'm happy to roll with it. So that was a startup keeper league draft. Correct. Interested to see who went number one in that one. Uh, number one in that one was tell Josh me. Dunkley. Oh, I was going to say, tell me it's Brayshaw. <laughs> it was, uh, uh, your, boy, your boy went number two. Number two. Sorry, oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's right. fine. Over the ADP data I've done on the uh, website. So um, if, if our listeners haven't actually seen that, um, it's probably a bit late now because you've probably done your draft by now. But we um, over the last few weeks, uh, we put up some ADP data um, collected from random leagues. And Brayshaw did come at that average 2.2, I think it was. Um, and then I think Dunkley was about 2.2 six or something like that. So they're pretty even one and two of those guys. I'm super intrigued by the Dunkley pick. Obviously he's my boy. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's, he's going to be a forward for one year. You would have thought, I mean, I said that three last years year, ago. I was going to say, I said that last year. Too. So yeah. uh, it's easy for me to say that. Uh, I think in a keeper, you probably make that call. Yeah. Um, I know that's what we're talking here, but a single season always intrigues me. Again, captain's the option. I keep seeing him go number one in a lot of drafts. And I know that, 
like if captains are off, I'm 100% on board with that pick. I just don't like, – do we think he's going to be the best player this year, which is what you're taking at pick one? Yeah, and I, I don't think he is, but he's easily going to be the best forward. So, yeah. I don't know. People get skewed by the positions and stuff like that. It's fine. Like, there's strategy there. I think as long as you're back – like I said, those first few picks, you're talking, you know, max probably two or three points per game between each other. It's not really a huge issue, I don't reckon. Maybe five points per game if something does go really wrong with him or something like that. Yeah. It's not going to be huge. Um, I think it's at the late picks you need to worry about things more. So, I don't really mind it too much. You feel out of – you know, you get into genuine F1 – um, and then you know you can if as long as you make it up later in the draft it's fine. So yeah. Well anyway, so in that league you're pretty happy with it. Who's going to win the flag? Is it, is it yourself? Oh look, mate. <laughs> I, I compare my team in that league versus the other league, and I'm perplexed how they're both keepers with the same amount of uh, same yeah. amount of teams at the moment. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm start up start up versus three years in though. You, you know you can. This is true. Yeah. A uh, bit, bit ridiculous of me, frankly, to say that I'm going to win a league that Selby's in. Uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt Mottram uh, yeah, another win, winner last year. Winner yeah. last year. Uh, yeah. So bit, uh, you know that. Chat boys, as they're nothing, they're fine <laughs> in comparison to some yeah. of these names. But oh, right. I'm feeling pretty good. All right, well, good luck for the uh, season ahead. And thanks heaps for coming on the show to talk about your keeper leagues. And uh, definitely try to get you on again uh, later on in the year. So, uh, good fun chatting to you. Appreciate having us on, mate. I'm here in Adelaide whenever you need me. <laughs> no worries, mate. Take it easy. Next up on the show, I'm joined by Checkers. How are you, mate? Good, good to be here. Fresh yeah. off a DJ set. What time did you finish up last night? <laughs> long weekend. It's been a very long one. <laughs> a few gigs. But yeah. Back into fantasy. That's it. The uh, the most important stuff. Yeah, no, no, no. I was redrafting the whole weekend while I was at my gigs. Oh, really? Side, phone side of the decks. Yeah, sweet. People <laughs> sending me those um, their tag in the group chats. You're up. Yeah, so. good. So you're in the right frame of mind for talking uh, draft results definitely, then. Definitely. So um, what league are you going to be talking about today? And what's it called? And who's in it? Oh, and all that sort of the stuff. The name of it. Yeah, uh, I don't have to know the it's name. Called Keeper by the Dozen. Yeah, and I picked it because uh, a couple of the Pod Pod boys are in it with Louis and Doss. So. Yeah, be good. Yep. I um, beat them last year, so I'm going to do it again. <laughs> sure, they'll love to hear that. Um, so, I guess, how's your team looking in that one? Uh, so, you obviously won the flag last year, you said? Yeah, uh, I think I came runner-up. Oh, runner-up, Lost the GF. Yeah, no good. Um, so, who's your, who are your stars in that team? Uh, stars. I've got Bailey Smith and Brad Crouch, which are pretty handy. I picked them up like heaps late in last year's draft. Yeah. Uh, I think you got Jake Lloyd. Um, I don't know just a very strong midfield I got like real deep midfield that was yeah, the key okay. I think everyone sort of went heavy on the forwards and defenders last yep. year yeah lucky with a few DPPs like a Bailey Smith got his DPP or whatever and yeah. Tim Taranto I got him in there as well so talked about it last night with uh, Jake from Hat Chat but yeah people just go too hard on forwards and don't prioritise points things like that yeah so don't and then do it comes to, to like the last round and everyone hasn't got any midfielders yeah. and I'm just sitting there with all 100 averaging midfielders in my yeah exactly <laughs> like yeah and it's well and good that you picked up you know Zach Butters will say with the third round pick, but like, yeah. you know you've missed a few good mids and stuff like that. So, yeah, don't get too um, sucked in as what we're trying to get out. I guess. Um, any weaknesses? Did you need to draft anything in particular? Were you lacking in any uh, positions? I or? dropped. A f- I I don't know. I was bloody. I was playing around with who I was dropping because we dropped a. I, we keep twelve, so I was playing around with who I was dropping, and I was like. And I hadn't finished my list, and then I obviously had a gig, and I came back to it, and I dropped one too many forwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had to draft a few extra forwards. That was my, my key this year, because I just kept all my mids, because obviously they average you well. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I only had one forward <laughs> yeah. left yeah. in my list. Oh, who, and, and who was that? Uh, Tim Taranto. Oh, yeah. still pretty good then. Yeah. yeah you, can build, you can build a forward line around yeah. something like that. So, so that's, that's been right. my key. I yeah. think in mine, my best forward at the moment is Ben Cunnington. So <laughs> not going too well. Yeah, I dropped Cunnington. That was one of yeah. the ones I had to drop. 
top, yeah. My forward line is definitely my weakest. Every other line is super strong, but then I've just got no forward, so that it's going to make or break me this I'm year. I'm pretty lucky. Uh, all the forwards I've dropped, I think I've redrafted three of them. So. Yeah, okay, that's all right then. <laughs> yeah, so who are those three then? Uh, Toby Green. Yeah, that's fine. Um, trying to think of Jesse Hogan. Yeah. The other one's going to hurt me. I can't remember. You guys keep 12, is that right? Yeah. So there's going to be some talent like left in the pool. It's not necessarily just going to be rookies and stuff picked yeah, up straight away. Yeah, there's a fair bit of talent left in yeah. there. Now, that's, that's what I like about those kind of drafts. And then, like, yeah, people go, people really focus on you. So, like, did Will Ashcroft go number one in your draft? Ashcroft went one. So that's yeah. three from three drafts I've done uh, for this podcast. With fair and, reason. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's pretty fair. <laughs> oh, spoilers for the next one. But anyway, three from three is <laughs> Ashcroft. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, yeah, it is fair. But yeah, it's good to see, like, a few of the more established players go because, like, yeah, you don't always have to um, t- take the rookies. In my dynasty league, Everyone took rookies. I took Ed Richards, who was still in the pool. Yeah, so crazy. effectively, like pick three hundred and eighty odd or something like that. Yeah, I mean, our draft there. everyone went real heavy on the rookies, but I mean, I was top two last year, and I considered my team to be sort of in that premiership window frame. Like, I haven't got many rookies on my squad, so yeah. I was like, I'm just going to draft to win the yeah, flag. Like, exactly. If yeah, you, you guys want to all draft rookies, that's fine, but I'll just win a flag this year. Yeah, like. you've got. Yeah, you've <laughs> got to. You've got to assess where your list at and draft draft accordingly because. Otherwise, someone in your league is just going to do that. You know what I mean? There's always someone in your league that just does not care about future. They'll draft for an hour and they'll win flag after flag after flag after flag because everyone's prioritizing youth too much. Yeah. So don't get too sucked into it. Take one or two that you can stash. I for mean, future. if you stash down the bottom of the ladder, yeah. then maybe yeah, take an Ashcroft and a yeah, yeah, uh, Mackenzie or something like that. But yeah, yeah. if yeah, if you if you're within the range, just don't stress about it too much because there's going to be more good picks in the future, good kids in the future. So yeah, I guess that's a bit of a tip there. Um, so yeah, with your draft, um, I guess did it go to plan? You happy with it? Um, yeah, I mean, there's still two rounds to go. I mean, I'm talking a little bit oh, earlier okay, here, yep. but it's only the bench spots. But yeah, I mean, I got my forwards back, which was good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't really want to drop them to begin with. It was... Yeah, true. <laughs> Too deep this side. Yeah, just had just had to cut. And unfortunately, I cut the wrong one. So, <laughs> going back. That was awesome. Um, but yeah, I didn't pick up any real youth. Everyone else snagged yeah. them, so... Yeah, no, nah, it happens. Like, I was the same. I didn't really pick up any youth in ours. But um, yeah, we'll, I'll talk about that in the next uh, interview that I do. But uh, yeah, I guess, so we're just looking at your draft... Um, was there anything that really stood out to you? Was there any like good like picks people got people late or was there any like huge reaches? Like what? I mean like obviously in our draft I'll tell you like everyone took the rookies first up. So we had like Ashcroft, McKenzie, Ginby, Sheasel, all go first, Callahan. Yeah. So like it was like heavy rookie first round. Yeah. Um, which means like in that second and third round there was a lot of like pretty decent fieldable players. Like, I think I got Luke McDonald in the second round. There was, like, Dion Prestia. Yeah. The players who can still, like, literally... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm considering starting them in my classic side. Like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, they're yeah. Yeah, good. Um, they can score Hunter well in the Clark, day. Nick Blakey, like, some real solid players. Nick Blakey went in the third round. Yeah. But, like, someone took Ginby with pick yeah. four. So, your league's 12 keepers. You don't do rookies or anything like that. It's just 12, just 12, 12 straight flat. up. Straight up, yeah. So, and 10 teams, do you say? Yeah. So, top 120 players effectively kept. Yeah. But in my head, I was like, yeah. the person took Ginby... At four, but then they've let Blakey slide to the fourth round. Yeah, that doesn't like, really make much sense. Blakey does it? is literally a defender that's already had three of seasons in the system. Yeah, like he's developed. probably going to play for another ten. Whereas you're going to have right. to wait for Ginby to develop for three seasons until he starts scoring or getting consistent games. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Sometimes, sometimes. people would just get hyped into that like rookie. They just need it. Oh, I need to get youth. Like he's going to be the next best thing. But it's like I'd much rather pick up like a third or fourth year player. Yeah, I think I had a couple other drafts as well, like redrafts. Um, players like from that 2019 Super Draft. Yeah, like so like Jack Lacoche is like is probably in a lot of like waivers and like still in the draft because he probably cut and didn't average too yep. well. But like 
been assistant for four years, and then yeah. you've got players picking up like key forwards from this year's draft. Yeah, like yeah. Cadman or someone. I'm yeah, like, like you know that it's not going to. Some of these guys had four preseasons in the AFL. He's still <laughs> like, not doing anything. Yeah, he's not. He's not going to go. Like I don't think you'd be running with this keeper in ten years' time yeah. when he's retired. Like yeah, yeah. totally yeah. understand it if it's like a dynasty, like where like because I'm in one league where yeah we keep uh, well basically we only have to make three list changes, and so for example my team had three retirees, so I didn't have to drop anyone really. <laughs> it works a um, trade. Yeah, so like if I didn't want to, I did end up dropping a couple, but like, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I think you've just got to assess where, I don't know, and if, you, if you're only, you're, this is the second year of your keeper as well, yeah. isn't it? Like, I think, because mine's been going for, I think, 11 years now. So, it's like you get the lay of the land after a while. You kind of see a few strategies kind of work out. You see a few people try different things that fail and they kind of learn from it. I think like early on, you don't understand how the kind of competition could or should work. Um, and I think the people that adapt to that the quickest are generally the most successful early. And you just don't want to get yourself in a position where you, you end up so far behind that it's a long way to come back from. Yeah, I just felt know. like drafting those rookies in the first year. Like, uh, Gimme might not even play the full season. He might even play five games, ten games. Like, he's in track to play. But Yeah, yeah, he's there. But, like, you've got Blakey, who's if best 22. History, he's yeah. had four, four yeah, yeah. pre-seasons, four solid years to build a base. And he's going to play for another, you know, forever. Like, yeah. this is still young. <laughs> That's There's right. a lot of these young, yeah, even Hunter Clark and stuff like that. They're still very raw, still young. But, they, yeah, they slipped a bit late in the draft. And I was like, oh. So, pretty- um, who in your league so far? See, so you said Dossie's in it and Louie's in it. Who's drafted the best out of you three so far, do you reckon? Uh, I'd put Louie ahead of Dossie, just. Yep. But yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Oh, just Louie just has some very sneaky picks. He's yeah. just good and very yeah. good in the draft realm. But Yeah. I always say that, like, your your best picks are your late ones, not your early ones. Like, it's hard to fuck up your yeah, early no, picks. Yeah, and Louie's very good tactically at that. Like, yeah. he... Um, He's good at like picking the youth at the right time and picking the the older players at the right time and stuff Essentially like that. Essentially like assessing value. Yeah, assessing yeah. the assessing the ranks and everything. I think yeah. that's his strength. And that, every time I I'm in a lot of drafts with him, with like pretty much every draft league I'm in yeah. with him, it's me and him head to head because we know our ranks yeah. pretty similarly. Like yeah. I've like I've so many times I think the other week we had a draft we'll pick next to each other. Yeah. And I was like, I really want this player. I, I had it <laughs> in my head, like I'm typing on my phone, I was like, This is the guy I need, this is the guy I need. Yeah. And Louis of course takes him. Yeah. And then it snaked back around and I took the I was like oh I need this player but I got him and then Louis like oh that's who I was going to get like it's just like yeah, thinking too <laughs> and they were yeah. like the last couple of rounds so like they're the players yeah. that anyone could grab yeah exactly digging deep oh well anyway you seem pretty confident in your team would you, you going to call it now do you reckon you can win the flag this year oh definitely yep <laughs> I've, dra- I've drafted mature so like yeah all these people taking all the rookies like good luck <laughs> yeah you're ready yeah, to, no, ready I picked up, picked up a few older players I've got Trav Boak yeah um, in hope he'll get like some forward DPP maybe yeah, I think he will yeah um, just to help strengthen that forward line that's another thing like um, about this season this for us especially is the first year being in AFL fantasy they're a bit more liberal with the DPPs um, I think I've already mentioned this on the show tonight but yeah, like it's gonna be. There's gonna be a few more bit, like few more players added that you just wouldn't get in ultimate footy, and I think that's gonna work well given that you can't have utilities as well anymore. Definitely, and the yeah. way the game's being played at the moment, like the rotations and stuff. So many of those mids are like rotating up forward. It'd be interesting to see who scrapes in. Yeah, but there could be some massive ones. Like I've said, I think I put a tweet up like watching Melbourne play with obviously like Max Gorn going forward, yeah. Petrarca spending a bit of time forward. Like what happens if Petrarca scrapes in? 
round six or round twelve to four DP. Yeah. That would blow a draft apart. Well, this is the thing as well. That like, it's like it's it says according to um, Fantasy Freako, it's thirty five percent in a starting position over a six week period. You look at the preseason um, trial matches and stuff like that. Cosy Pickett started in the midfield and Petrarca was starting forward, and, and the, then like they just swapped. And I've seen like Petrarca slide down to like yeah, yeah, maybe in like a few startup keepers. Like he slid down to maybe like pick twenty. Yeah, and I was like, if that. Guy gets forward DVP. He's clear as pick one in the comp. I reckon like, he's. I reckon he's a good chance, man. Like because yeah. like just where he's starting at every centre bounce, it was like they like Cozzy at the stoppage, but then Petrarca was like just going in and following the ball around after that, and then. I mean, you, you don't know. want to base your whole draft around picking on like potential DVPs. Yeah, but it's something I'm doing now in the later stage of the draft. Is like I've obviously like circled a few players. I'm like they're definitely going to change roles this year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, role changes are a big one. There's a lot of midfielders. I've been like, oh, let's put a dash next to them or like highlight them because I'm like, yeah. that's someone I can take very late in the draft. Yeah. But if they get forward or defense status, they'd be like ranked first or second round. Like, yeah. Some of those could be absolute game changes if they do get it. Oh, well, um, well that's um pretty comprehensive summary of your draft. <laughs> Anything else you want to add into that one? No, nah, should be just good luck, <laughs> dossier. <laughs> Struggle Town. This is a draft. He roasted me so last year. I remember he said on the pod. Yeah. But I had Jack Sinclair. Yeah, and I picked oh, him up yes, real late in the draft. Yeah, and he was. Um, I didn't rate him too heavily because I was a Saints fan. Yeah, <laughs> I thought, oh, it's just a little. I reckon you're always harshest on your own players. Yeah, I, I was like, it's just a, a rare. You know, he's just putting a few good scores out, maybe because you know it won't won't last forever. Yeah. So I tried to shop him around a little bit because I was like, he's averaging a hundred. Yeah. I only rank him as about an eighty averaging defender. I'll shop him around, get yeah. some value out of him. Trying to get a midfielder, trying to get one last midfielder because I had an injury um, go down. I think it was Bailey Smith got a suspension as well. Yeah. Um, so I was trying to get a midfielder in and then tried everything, gave everyone the best offers, like everyone turning it down. And I th- the one I got was Andrew Gaff. Yeah. <laughs> so I traded Jackson Clef for Andrew Gaff. <laughs> oh, dear. Which looking back now, I was like, the, I was. And you didn't keep Gaff in there? No, I had to keep Gaff. Purely. Oh, you didn't? I, no, bits. I, I shouldn't have kept Gaff. Yeah. But I just felt criminal if I, d- yeah, if I dropped that Gaff trade. because it was Jack Sinclair originally. Like, yeah. It was like, oh, I need to chase my losses here and yeah. get something out of Gaff. So where do you think Dossie's team's going to fare and how's he going to fare in your league? Uh, hopefully down the bottom. <laughs> so you can nah. roast him back this year. <laughs> that was a bit of, it was a good banter in the group chat the other day. When oh, there's always a good banter when Dossie's in. Someone was asking who they should pick and Dossie put a photo of himself. And yeah. So I think I'll find it in a sec. But he said me and he was like, I'm I'm the goat, like DVP, everything. Like, no, pick okay. me up. Yeah. Good on you, Dossie. Good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good photo I'll show it to you after the yeah, pod, no, yeah no worries all good alright well thanks checkers for joining us and uh, yeah good luck with your keeper league this season hopefully you uh, you know when you come back here at the end of the year you got the give a cup or a try oh Jesus Dossie <laughs> sorry I've just copped the video maybe hold it up to the uh, speaking to your camera and- <laughs> there you go Dossie that's great the goat the fantasy goat <laughs> awful awful <laughs> we'll get that on the social clips for sure alright yeah thanks for joining us and, uh, yeah we'll talk to you soon cheers for having me on all right, finally on the show today, I've got a fellow member of my home league. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Zanks. How are you going, mate? Hef, great to be back here again. Hope you're travelling well after your draft weekend. It's been a probably a year or two since you've been on the podcast, since the uh, 2020 COVID season, I reckon. How's, uh, how's things some been going? Some would say not long enough. Some would say not long enough. <laughs> oh, I don't know, mate. I don't know about that, mate. I think the uh, listeners like hearing from you. Anyway, uh, draft night was on Friday. Uh, firstly, how'd you pull up after the draft? Were you all right? Yeah, pretty well. Um, I think most of our draft league had more non-alcoholic <laughs> beers uh, than than others. I was probably one that had that. Also had a range of CC and dry and a couple of sneaky cruises in there, really just to treat ourselves for the evening. Um, but the the spread that was put on by the commission was absolutely first class. So it was great for 
especially for me, I live interstate, so it's a great chance to get back and see some of the boys and um, really get around. It's draft draft night is one of my favourite parts of the year. It's probably worth men- mentioning that Kay's um, took over as commissioner this year and, uh, yeah, did a great job organising the night. So, hats off to Kay's. I- don't uh, I don't the the part that it's so hard to be commissioner these days, especially when there's little things like changes in the platform and all that kind of stuff. So hats off to him. Yeah, no, nah, well done, guys. There were a few teething issues, but they weren't really his fault. It was more the platform itself being a bit of a pain. Um, but we won't delve into the uh, you know the transfer to AFL fantasy because I'm sure our listeners are well across it. But the important thing is um, we've got our teams into the new platform. We're ready to go in the keeper league. So um, yeah, well we'll get stuck into the uh, the kind of, I guess, the questions I'm going to ask you about the draft. So, I want to know about your team, Zank. So, really, how's your team looking and uh, what are its strengths and weaknesses? Uh, My team is definitely in the rebuilding phase. Um, I'm still two years away from two years being away, but that seems (laughs) to be the constant about my team. Um, So, with our team, sorry, with our league obviously being a a 12-team league, we have 16 keepers. So, it's about and plus rookies, so it's about 235 players kept. So it's it's one of those things It's really hard to to function a rebuild um, at that level of depth, but and especially throwing in the fact that the, the league changed to a 5-7-1-5 rather than having only four defenders and uh, four attackers from last year. And so basically dropping three utilities down to zero and having an extra player position except for the ruck was obviously a big change as well. Because uh, we don't have any waivers, it sort of affects the pool a little bit differently as well because anyone that was undrafted out of last year was just sitting there waiting uh, for anyone to have a, that had a high draft pick. So someone like Nick Martin was just basically sitting there waiting for whoever had either pick one or two to, to have a red hot crack at him. So it's a little bit different. It's harder for us to sort of rebuild other than through the draft. But yeah, it was, it was great fun. And I'm slowly, slowly rebuilding. <laughs> I was going to say, haven't you been rebuilding for about six or seven years? Uh, what's it going? Yeah, it's a, it's a continuous <laughs> thing. Yeah, it's between between us and Essendon to see who will win a final first. So, uh, is that is that true? You've never won one in our league before. I uh, have won a final, but yeah, um, yeah it's it, after being stitched up by a previous coach whose team I took over, um, the rebuild's been on since then. Okay, okay. We could argue that, uh, you know, many teams have rebuilt and made finals since then, but uh, we won't go into it too much. Um, all right, so in your draft, what did you need to target? What was your draft plan and did you pull it off? Yeah, definitely, again, trying to, time to find some youngsters in that league um, in, in the pool, I think there was some in there. It's it's going to be really interesting to see how some of those kids sort of progress. Um, more targeting sort of second and third year players rather than necessarily first year players. Um, interesting looking at the way our draft pool sort of played out. The fact that um, effectively six rookies went in or six first year players went in the first round of the draft which is more than any of the last four years so um, even last year and uh, two years ago where there was four taken these are the league years of um, Raul and Anderson and Dacos and Jason Horn Francis there was more kids taken this year so I think a lot of people are either seeing that the the pool itself was quite shallow so they needed to take a bit more of a risk and uh, try and find some young kids for the future as well 
Yeah, no, the, um, oh, we'll talk about my draft a bit later on. But, yeah, I found that uh, the draft was real shallow in kind of certain areas. But um, I'll touch on that more a bit later. So um, I guess we'll talk about our draft. The clear number one was Will Ashcroft. I think most people I've talked to so far, he's been the number one draft pick, especially in kind of um, the top-up drafts or like the kind of the redrafts that already established leagues. Um, do you just want to touch on a few players that went round one and uh, whether you think they were – were justified or do you think, um, yeah, basically there's a few reaches in there. What were your thoughts about some of the round one picks? Definitely there's a couple of reaches in there, but, you know, we would have also said the same for other league, other years as well, like an, an Anderson or a player like that who's turned into much more of a fantasy player than probably what some of uh, some fantasy coaches may have expected. If you were to, to pick three years ago, whether it was going to be Rao or Anderson, you would have put the house on Rao, and, uh, but it seems that it's sort of turned the other way. Um Blokes like Sheasel and Philippoon, Ginby, Jai Cully, McKenzie all went first round, um, as well as obviously Ashcroft, who's more likely to have that fantasy pedigree. But it's just interesting to see how some of these players, how they fit into their best twenty-two. They're not, they're not a Daycost, they're not an Ashcroft, and and you know who are automatically picked in their in their squads for the AFL. But it'd be interesting to see how they come out. Yeah, there was it was interesting to see who kind of went with the youth and who went uh, older. I personally went. Um, I went with uh, Will Setterfield. I uh, just think he's going to play a fair bit of midfield time in, that, in the Essendon engine room. They kind of picked him for a reason. So that could backfire completely. They could just roll with Dylan Shield and go back to the same old, same old. So who knows? Um, what did you pick in the first round? Uh, I didn't have a pick in the first oh, round. Oh, you traded out. Um, That's right. Yeah, trade traded out. So um, I'm notorious for destroying my first round pick. <laughs> um, in in if you ask most of my league mates in either of the two leagues I'm in, I destroy my first round pick. So why not get out? Um, I traded on to to pick up Matthew Rao. I think his first time he's had a a full preseason since being in the system. Um, we'll, I think he will be able to really sort of regain parts of that notoriety that everyone has thought and where his ceiling can get back to. What was your uh, draft position out of interest? Do you remember? Uh, I was at pick six. Yeah, so, so who went there? Obviously Jim, this, Jim. So it was Jim um, Cully. pick five, five, six and seven was Philippu, Gimby and Cully, yeah. followed by McKenzie. Um, so you know, for, for basically new players, obviously Cully's been in the system for slightly longer, but um, there's a there's a lot of youth around those areas as well. So Jared Lyons was probably <laughs> the, the most notable player in the pool uh, that went at pick three. So I think he, it's, a, it's a really interesting sort of pick there to see if he, if he can get be- best 22 or best 23. He's definitely going to be the steal of that part of the draft, given he sort of went at pick three, but um, it'd be interesting to see if he can get over some of his injury problems. We'll probably touch on that the coach that picked him with pick three probably doesn't watch a heap of footy at the moment. So I think it was a no, bit No, there's lost. just lots, go- lots going on there. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, at the same time, it's, it is it is hard to ignore a guy that's um, a, a seasoned player yeah, over some true. of these other guys. So it, it is it, it could be a steal. It really could be. Yeah, we'll wait and see. Well, like I said, on the um, with I was recorded with Jake uh, last night. Our draft, when you factor in all the rookies, effectively starts at like the 20th round, really, around that kind of mark. So, if you're picking up Jerry Lyons in the 20th round, should be on your bench. Um, it's not the worst option. Um, all right. So, let's look at the draft overall. So, what do you think? Did you ever look through and are there any good value picks, like guys that slipped a bit that you thought would go higher or vice versa? Were there any reaches that you thought happened, um, guys that went far earlier than they should have? 
Uh, I mean, most most of the time, anyone that I pick is probably considered a reach. Um, <laughs> I went for my, my first pick at round two was Marcus Winhager. Um, you, there is a lot of similarities between him and Jack Steele. So trying to be able to sort of forecast on how he could come out in the next couple of years. He's only a second year player and I understand that he's got an injury to his hand at the moment. But the fact that he's going to be playing... Um, sort of more mid-time around that area and being able to sort of progress over the next year or so sort of really fit the way that my squad was coming together. Um, I think the start of the second round, um, the fact that, uh, you know, a certain player called Harry Himmelberg went that yeah. early at, at sort of pick one in the second round was was quite interesting, um, followed by, again, another um, another. Two juniors, uh, Toby McLean going in there at pick five, uh, and then a couple more juniors, but Zach Z- Jack Zebel as well. Um, I was also really sad to see Ollie Florent went at pick eleven of the second round. He's one been one of my favourites for many years and um, has been kept for probably way too long. So no doubt he will have a breakout year this year. <laughs> That's always the case. Um, yeah, now nah, to me there wasn't. Too many reaches in. Harry Himmelberg did stand out to me, but when you look at our draft, like it's effectively picked 239 or something like that. So while it seems early in our draft, um, yeah, it's, it's probably about right considering both of these players that we're drafting are on our benches. So it's hard to kind of define a reach, I think, in, in our league. And it all really comes down to role. If 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 Harry's key playing key forward, then this pick looks silly. Is but if if he goes back for five or six minutes a quarter, all of a sudden his scoring could really jump, and he be, could become you know a top twenty five sort of ranked player in the, in the forwards. So it, it it really comes down to how much time he spends in one role rather than the other as well. Yeah, Jed Anderson, I think went in the third round in our draft, which. Like, is okay if he's going to play. I'm just not sure where he's at. So, that kind of stood out as a bit of a reach. Or, But the thing is, when he does play, he does score 85. So, I don't really know. Um, like I said, when, you, when you're drafting this deep, it's very hard to tell what a reach is and what a reach isn't. But a player that I did think was a good value pick, um, and Kay's actually picked him up at effectively, yeah, pick 261. And that was Kane Farrell because I reckon he's in for a good season. Listed as a mid-only, so I think people probably slept on him because they probably couldn't fit him in their midfields to start off with, waiting for that DPP change. But I think he's going to be a good pick for K. So I thought that was one that stood out um, when you consider everything else going around him, like Ben Long. Someone picked up Taron Thomas around that point. Um, George Wardlaw went. Jeremy Finlay-Whitson went in that, around that point. Trent Conchin went in that round. Um, Rory Sloan did. I think Kane Farrell was a pretty good pick up there. It's pretty good throw at the stumps, really. Like at that stage, you're picking your sort of second and third bench player. So uh, anyone there that can give you probably more consistency rather than that super high ceilings, that player that's really going to be able to sort of add value to your draft and keeper league sides. Correct, correct. All right, I want to go through my draft picks for the listeners so I'm just not kind of judging everyone else and critiquing everyone else on their drafts. That doesn't sound like you at all, Heath. <laughs> that does not sound like you at I all. Want a, I want a bit of accountability and I want you to kind of chime in with uh, any players that you think were a good pick, bad pick, or, you know, somewhere in between or speculative or whatever. So I picked up Will Setterfield with my first pick. What do you think there? Yeah, solid. Um, I was looking for him, um, sort of, if he'd snuck through a little bit further. But again, like sitting around the draft table and everyone has this list of players that they think will make it so much further into the draft and then by pick sort of, you know, round 
two end of two into three, there there's 30, 30 names ticked off that everyone thought they could get in the eighth and ninth round. So it's it's a really solid pick, especially if he gets that role. You mentioned before Jack Zebel. You thought that was a bit of a reach. I picked him up with that second round pick. What are, what are your thoughts on Zebel? Uh, again, it goes back to his role. I think if. Um, Clarkson is super serious and um, plays all the kids, then Zeebel's on the outside maybe playing a more key forward position rather than just letting him run around and do whatever he likes uh, in the background. So at the end of the day, it's, it is that throw at the stumps. He is a forward sort of status. But for for your team, are you having a go this year, Hef? Yeah, definitely. And like Zeebel watching both the practice matches, he was on the halfback flank again, taking most of the kickouts, yeah. all that sort of stuff. So that was my reasoning for taking him there. If he plays the forward, obviously he's going to suck. But <laughs> I think he's going to So move one backwards. rule we've changed... One rule we've changed in our league this year is previously for any player that would have a suspension or of the likes, there would be actual monetary fines to sort of coaches in in the real world from the fantasy world. So obviously with the change in rules, your next player that you've picked <laughs> obviously doesn't hurt you nearly as much um, with your back pocket and because we know how much, you know, we – you hate having to to pay out certain levels of funds, but taking Brandon Pruce at player 260, what was your thought process behind that? I think you get me confused with someone else who hates paying out funds. I'm usually the first paid, I think. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, uh, Braden Pruce, uh, my main thought process is really was Scott Lysett. Um, I wasn't really sure where he was at. Um, if you looked at his last trial game, pretty pretty gross score he put up. So um, I wasn't w- willing to count on that. So I wanted another good ruckman. And I think because we switched from no utilities to having one singular ruck, there was a lot of good rucks put back into the pool because they weren't fieldable in our team. So I thought I'd jump early on someone who could potentially average 80 as a ruckman um, as long as he stays on the park. And uh, I thought I'd jump there. I'll kind of mention the two picks later as well, three picks later, I picked up Peter Laddams as well because I think he's probably the best one for future prospects. And I just wanted a Scott Lysette replacement. So I kind of probably went a bit early on uh, a few of these draft picks. But um, oh, Sorry, a few of these rucks. But yeah, I, I'm more than comfortable taking... I've got three basically guys that are number one rucks in their side. So, yeah, happy and enough with Ruckman, that. Uh, Ruckman are of value in our league because we can't go back to the pool. So, being able to hold a couple of them, especially given how many of them sort of went down last time in injury, it, it, there is definitely some value in it as well. I'll get through the next few quickly. I'll just maybe give you like a yes or no or just a one-line um, thought on some of these players. So, next pick was uh, Cam Zerha. What are your thoughts? My favourite pick of yours. Yeah, good, because I hopefully get some midfield time like he was in the preseason, but I'm not sure it's going to happen. Uh, Massimo D'Ambrosio was my next pick. Try out the stumps, not too bad. Uh, Peter Adams, we already mentioned. Jarman Impey as a defender. Yeah, he's going to be pretty solid, I would have thought. So, at pick 308, pretty handy. Joe Danaher at pick 320. Great streamer at that stage. Yeah, that's my thinking. This one I thought was a bit of a reach, actually, but I wanted to get in before a certain Melbourne well, Melbourne support, anybody who plays for the Dogs now, Melbourne supporter thought he was the only one who knew about him. Oscar Baker, 332. Yeah, probably you get the feeling he may not be best 22, but again, like at pick 332 in the draft, it feels like there's just a lot of what could be at the same stage. Yeah. In that second practice match, he was one of their better players. It's just, and he kind of fits the Lockie Hunter wing, even though Lockie Hunter didn't even really play last year. Um, Does kind of fit the mould for someone who could run on that wing. If you're thinking someone like Tobin McLean could run there as well. So, um, yeah, it kind of fits in there. This next pick I hated, but my reasoning was he was the only midfielder left on the board that I was certain would get a game consistently, and that's Connor Nash. 
So I just need a mid-depth, mid-bench, and I picked Connor Nash. So I don't really need a comment there. It's just I need someone who was going to play. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> shaking his head on the stream. Um, Trent Bianco, I think that's a bit of a uh, yeah. Could go either way. Old old rookie favorite of mine, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he. I think other players have gone past him a bit. Now, Lockie Young was next after that. I think with McDonald going to be permanent back, he is going to struggle. But he showed when he gets a cushy role, he can score. It's just that he plays that hybrid between tall and um, rebounding, which yeah, probably is not the best. But again, someone I think is going to play. Tell me about your rookies. Like, there's there's some other players here, but there's a lot of, you know, what could be at the same time. But yeah. t- t- run me through your rookies and where they sort of sit. Well, interestingly enough, I thought the rookie draft started at the next pick, but it didn't. So, I picked the guy that yeah, I'm probably good. not going to be able classic, to keep. Classic heft mismanagement of his draft. That's a, <laughs> uh, a common trend. In fairness, it was the new system um, we couldn't allocate picks and things like that. So I actually had to count and I miscounted how I forgot one of my rookies that I had. So I picked Elijah Hewitt on my main list. So that's not probably the best because I probably wanted him on my rookie list, but that's all right. But the rookies that are actually on my rookie list that I can keep for an extra two years, I picked up Edward Allen, Harvey Gallagher and Harry Barnett were the three first year players. Uh, I'm really, Ed Ed Allen was a guy I wanted from the start. Um, A lot of people are sleeping on him, I think, because they see his underage scores and they're not great. Um, but then you kind of realise what he did at state league level when he did play. I think he only played one. But then, um, yeah, and the type of player he is, he's like he's like that halfback flanker type. He's definitely a fantasy player. So, um, yeah, a lot of people don't like his underage numbers, but there's kind of reasoning due to injuries and stuff like that why they were so bad. So, I'm pretty happy on him. Harvey Gallagher is, if you listen back to the rookie show I did uh, in November, I think it was with uh, Tommy Wyman, um, he was one of my favourite players in the draft, given he's a slightly more mature age player um, and averaged like 150 from his last five games type thing, just absolutely racked it up. Again, one of those players that played as like a forward for the first half of the season, so his numbers don't look good. As soon as he switched to half back, it was just an absolute fantasy beast. So um, here's what I like. And Harry Barnett was actually, this was a pretty calculated pick. This is where I wanted to take him the whole draft. So I was pretty to get him, pretty happy to get him. Uh, purely because a young Ruckman, I can stash him away for two years. Hopefully by the time he gets to my senior list, he's, uh, he's the mainstay Ruckman for West Coast. What are your thoughts of those three? Yeah, I mean, the, the a Ruckman as a rookie is probably, you know, gives him time to be able to sort of progress. But it, it, it just goes to show how hard some of it is to – if you find a good rookie, they can be completely, um, like, just so valuable at the same stage. So, um, I mean, myself, I've gone um, Darcy Jones, Jasper Fletcher yep. um, as the the main two there. Just And, you know, again, these couple of these guys, they're super high um, league considered by their AFL clubs. So, whether they get a game or not this year, yeah. different kettle of fish, but at, at least it's it's worth having a bit of a go and trying to really project. So, that's what I like about the rookies is trying to project how far out that you can and seeing if they can be handy in two years, then really they become a, um, they can become solid keepers. Um, my last two were just kind of uh, Anthony Scott I picked up because he's another one that could replace. Uh, there's, I think there's a spot open at the Western Bulldogs wing. He's a player that can definitely run on there. Played a right in the trial game, did kick three goals to boost his score, but I don't think he's going to be doing that each week. But yeah, a guy I could just potentially play was Anthony Scott. And just my last pick was Lachlan McAndrew, just for that ruck handcuff for the future um, with Peter Laddams. So 
that was my draft. How did you rate it, Zanks? Solid draft, good draft. Pretty solid. Yeah, pretty pretty solid. But uh, you know, you don't win your premiership on on draft day. It's being able to sort of see how the season progressed and seeing what you can do with some of those players and and turn them into um and with the, with the trades that go on in our league and being able to help progress your team. Yeah, it was definitely a draft that was just there to complement my keepers, which were I thought were pretty solid. I'm not really trying too hard at securing future talent. It's more playing for the now and trying to secure a flag in the next one or two years. So um, that was my but can you process. lose this, Hef? What's that? Can you lose well, this? Well, looking at a few can other teams, there's this? a few other teams that uh, look quite handy. Um, I don't think I have the best lot of keepers, but I, they're up there. I reckon they're probably top three, hopefully, in the league. So hopefully I drafted well enough to kind of overcome those guys that probably do have a bit better keepers than I do. And uh, yeah, we'll see how we go from there. Exciting stuff. It's all ahead of the hoofers this year, and you hear it first here, listeners, that it's basically hefts to lose. I don't know about that, but uh, I'll definitely be competing, considering I finished fourth last year, so... Um, and I'm um, on the and right trajectory. I look forward to you joining me at Macca's when I finish bottom um, <laughs> and everyone can come along and, and laugh and see how many cheeseburgers I can smash. <laughs> All right, Zang, thanks heaps for joining us on the show today. Thanks heaps for running us through uh, our home league draft, the Cattery draft, and I'll uh, definitely have you on the show sometime again in the future. Thanks, Hef. Love being here. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Keeper League podcast. Make sure you get around us on our socials at Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Oh, and also YouTube as well. Uh, make sure you get around our sponsors, Game Day Squad. Uh, head to Game Day Squad and make your team today. You'll get some free packs as soon as you sign up there. So make sure you're on top of that. Also, thanks to Manscaped. Use Keeper20 at manscaped.com to get 20% off in and free shipping. Uh, Uh, There's links to all of those sponsors below. Uh, We'll be back next week to talk about round one recap. And yeah, I'll have another special guest on next week. Tune in to find out who that is. All right, listeners, thanks for listening again, and I'll talk to you soon.